All right, welcome. You know what? It's a special episode. Uh, not only is it episode seven, um, but Pej actually let me uh, lets me do the intro this time around. So that's why it's a special episode for me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that, Pej. You're welcome. You, you've yeah. been yeah. finally able to relinquish control, stop being that control freak that I've known you to be for so long. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. This, this is progress for both of us. It's, it's it is. Yeah. You're growing as a you're growing as a human being, which is yeah. beautiful to see as as a friend of yours. And but you um, and I do, and I do, and I'm glad that I do because we have a dear dear friend of mine on this time. Um, I met uh, this incredible human being a little over a year ago, yes. almost a year and a half ago, I think it is. Um, and uh, we we did some work together for for my shop. She's uh, an incredible content creator, um, and then throughout the revolution starting uh, last September, uh, you know, we've we've kept in contact, we've been working together and I've kind of seen her basically growing into this absolutely incredible, badass activist that I think we just really needed to bring on. And so I want to introduce my dear friend, Elnaz. Welcome. Welcome thank you. Elnaz. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. You're being too kind. It is the it's friends and people like you guys that just inspire me. You, Mo, Pej, I met through you, but the work you both do is so inspiring that just pushes you forward, makes you wanna, makes you wanna do more. Thank you, thank you so much for that, Elnaz. And and I want uh, I want everyone to get to know you a little bit. I, I have the pleasure of knowing you. Um, give us a bit of a give us a bit of an intro uh, of yourself, please. Sure. Um, well, I'm Elnaz. I I mainly do activity on Instagram, so people know me as Elnaz underscore Persia. And that came about because when I first got to America, a lot of people couldn't say Elnaz, and I would always say, I'm from Iran, I'm Persian, then the nickname stuck Persia. So a lot of my friends from undergrad and back in Richmond, Virginia, VCU, know me as Persia. So that's how the name came about, just Elnaz, and then the nickname I had here as Persia. I lived in Iran for 10 years from the ages of 6 to 16, and that kind of shaped me as a person to just, those are such impressionable years, and they built a big part of my personality, the love I have for my people, for Iran, for my tribe as a Bakhtiari woman. I just, I wouldn't have gotten that in America ever. And I am always blessed to be a, been born in America, to be an American citizen. And I'm so blessed to have had parents to take me back and experience living in Iran as well, to the point that I've always told my parents, I just want to get my education and go back and live in Iran. There was always the plan of living back in Iran. And it's still there. It's still, once I free my country, it's still there. It's still going to happen. But it's always the goal. It's always been, I want to live in Iran, in those streets I grew up in. I want my children to experience the same things I experienced. So now more than ever, it's been on my mind to just get extremely involved. Like you said, I last year before everything that happened, I was just a light activist, just like all of us are always concerned. We see something, we talk about it, and not just about Iran, but anything going on in the world that I felt concerned about. When this happened, it was we all had that feeling inside of us. It was a, I mean, I personally can talk about it, and I talk to Mo about it all the time. We kind of had conversations about this. It just something inside of me could not be quieted down anymore. All that rage, all that anger that I personally felt as a woman living in Iran, I knew what's going on. I have seen firsthand, I've been caught by the morality yeah. police. I've had to live there as a woman, which is just horrific. It's just one of the 
And I was a girl from like a wealthy family. Like I didn't have, I don't want to say wealthy, but we were well off. I didn't have any of the other issues that so many other people are facing in Iran, which is just so heartbreaking and so devastating that our people have to deal with this. And it just became a point. I switched from a pre-made background. I already had my biology pre-made bachelor's on my way to medical school. I decided to change everything. I would have to wait 10 years to go to medical school to pay someone to do what I'm going to do now, which is to be an international human activist. Made the whole three, 180. And now I'm trying to hopefully, with the help of all of my friends and family, to become an international lawyer focusing on human activism, feminism in bracket and try to sell not just the people of Iran, but anywhere in the world. I mean, we have so many other places. So sad to say that dictators are just popping up everywhere like whack-a-moles, and we just got to smack them down. Amen to that. Amen to that. Amen to that. Now, you had mentioned that that uh, your background, Bakhtiari, and I know that um, I'm a, whenever I look at the culture and, and, and everything and all the, um, everything that we've received as an Iranian community and as a nation from, um, you know, f- f- from the Bakhtiari has been amazing. And people don't really quite understand exactly how critical and crucial they've been um, with much of Iranian politics right back to like the Sassanid period even, right? So why don't you give us a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a synopsis there from that pride <laughs> that uh, you must have, Um you know, coming from there. I will leave you with this because there's so many. And as someone who's a novice, I would say I would never claim to be knowledgeable to the degree of so many great scholars we have about these information. The research I've done has been in Bibi Maryam Abakhtiari. She was a, to my opinion, was one of the first feminists ever you know (laughs) she's in she's one of iran's major feminists if you would she is from the bakhtiari tribe and while the pahlavi dynasty was trying to get their power and conquer not take iran back from the qajars because people were living in such horrific conditions at the time i mean just so sad and dying addicted to drugs everyone was addicted to um opium Speaking in Farsi, yeah. addicted to terror. Like everybody was addicted to opium. It was a new drug that was brought into the country. The Qajar have pretty much ran Iran into the gutters. And the Pahlavi dynasty, Reza Shah, wanted to take that back. And the Bakhtiari people were one of the people who helped, one of the tribes who helped them take over, especially Bimariam Bakhtiari. She was a writer. She was a, she led her people. She was at the time, she had a diary. She educated people and said all women should have education. All women yeah. should go to school and write their diaries and learn how to read and write in the tribe that she had, the Bakhtiri tribe. She's just so inspiring to just hear back then, so long ago, still there was a person who lived in a tribe, which historically they have been looked down upon that was such open-minded people her father was the leader of the tribe who gave her power to be in that position who let her have that education it's not just her being so open-minded it's the people around her who allowed this to happen and it's beautiful it is just so amazing to know that these women and so many more i don't want to leave anyone off the list so i wouldn't dare trying to (laughs) list all the accomplishments these lovely beautiful leader people of iran have done but it's so lovely. She and just a few writers, um, they pretty much 
I'm struggling with English words. They Iran Tehran fatkad and they took over Tehran. I guess that's the right word. Like yeah. they snuck in and they kind of like I I think of it as like a mission of like a um, Call of Duty video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in my mind, they snuck into Tehran. They they took. They were with riders. It's not like they had like special spy equipment. They went in sneakily and they took over and they provided the means for this dynasty to come into power, which is just. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, a woman leading people, yeah. telling them they need to be educated. Her diary is still being sold to this day and read upon. And as a Bakhtiari woman, she always started her diary with me. And then she would say her name, be Mariam, be Mariam Bakhtiari, an Iranian mm. woman. She never mm. excluded herself by Bakhtiari. She said, I'm an Iranian woman of the Bakhtiari tribe. I'm Iranian woman. That's the important part. She made sure that people know she was Iranian and a woman. That's yeah. just so strong as a person trying to fight for women's rights in the situation we see now. Imagine this was us less than a few hundred years ago, and then now yeah. we're fighting for women to just be alive. Yeah. It is uh, it's what yeah. we're trying to get and back every to. regime. Yeah, absolutely. And every regime has always been scared of the Bahtiaris as well, because it's for centuries. They were the power brokers, right? Like no regime, no uh, dynasty would come into play, including the Pahlavis, including the Rajars, without the blessing of the Bakhtiaris and the support of the Bakhtiaris. Like incredibly important and powerful all throughout the history of Iran. So, I thought, And also for you, my, my friend Pej, because I know you're a, a big sports fan, Green Bay Packers um, has a player. Yeah, what's his name? Come on. I don't know his name, but I know him oh. and I know his family oh, yeah. moved here from a long time ago. And it was just always such a big deal. Like we had a player on the past. David, yeah, David, <laughs> yeah, David Bakhtiari, right? David Bakhtiari. It's such a line. proud wow. moment to just have an Iranian person in that position to be, like I yeah. say, we're first Iranian, then Bakhtiari. As proud yeah, as I am of my blood. Yeah. yeah, he's he's an offensive tackle for uh, the Green Bay Packers, but yeah. Yeah, he uh, protects the quarterback while the Bakhtiaris protected Iran. That's interesting. There you go. It's yeah. lovely. That's a great comparison to make. And it, it's always yeah. been with all tribes. Tribes in Iran were a big part. Pretty much any person you see who came into power, they either was a part of a big tribe that supported them into the power or went and had to get the blessing. If we look again, if you look at the books that I have here right now, I'm trying to hold up my tablet, the big thick one says Tariqa Iran. Like I'm trying to educate myself as much as possible about things. And it's never enough. The more I read, the less I feel like I know and the more there is to unpack within these books because, okay. A, the issue always exists of what are we getting? I can't get books from the Jomuri, the dictatorship of Islami right now because none of yeah. them will be telling us the truth and all the right. previous knowledge. is you got, you got to find the right ones. So yeah. I always love learning about these dynamics and how different tribes played different roles. Like I said, the Pahlavis, there was a tribe from Shomal of north of Iran too, which I am spacing on the name and I apologize about that, but I know it was with the help of the Bakhtiari tribe and the tribe from north of Iran because they were a big point of power as well, especially with the access to the ocean up there, the Caspian Sea. So they both helped kind of like a came together to help them take over, but Unity. I guess. I That's awesome. Um, I want to ask you about your experience in Iran, uh, other than what you already mentioned, as far as uh, do you remember when your parents decided to go to Iran? Did you know that you would be there for that amount of time? Um, 
or was it more of a open-ended deal? And then also, were you excited to go as a six-year-old or were you nervous? Were you worried? Like, I don't have friends there. Like, what was your mindset going in? So when I was born, I was, I'm a, the oldest child in my family. And then there's my younger brother, a year younger. We moved as soon as my brother was born. Like, as soon as the doctor said, you can get on a plane, we got on a plane to go to Iran. My parents are very family oriented, especially tribal families. We're very big families and we're very family oriented. My parents got on the first plane to Iran and we wanted to stay. And then they decided to come back and it was a whole lot of back and forth. But then at si we stayed for a few years. I didn't remember much of Iran. I was still at six. I still don't remember anything at the age of six. Mm. But my mom said that I had a boyfriend in school and then my, him and my dad always make the joke that it's time to leave it's time to go we gotta go live in iran now we're not doing this they moved because my dad's father was very ill and oh. there was a scare there <clears throat> they just like to tell me that story just to make me feel like i made the decisions in the family from the young age my dad's dad was ill and it was it, it passed nothing had happened but he got ill he had i believe like a heart attack and my dad said if anything happens to my father i'm never going back so my mom said, who cares? Let's just go back and live there with our families. Both our families are there. We never wanted to come back. We came back every other summer on vacation. It just never was a plan to come back and live in America. Mm -hmm. My parents wanted us to get to an age where we understood what's going on, like a legal age, and then let us move back. My mom even said she wanted me to do undergrad in Iran and then move to America for upper grad. The Green Revolution when I was 16 was going on, and me and my brother were very vocal about our position because even at younger every single time I remember in Iran when I lived there there was always a conversation where I would say well that's not where it's how it's done in America or that's not how it's done where I was born I would use the America card a lot and it's always been this duality inside of me I'm an American I'm an Iranian and people always say you use whichever card benefits you when you feel like it but it was just the truth I knew of a place that things were not done that way I would go there every summer I would go see my cousins who lived in America and I would come back and then my principal would tell me I'm not allowed to thread my eyebrows. And I said, no, I want to. I, I want to do that. That's none of your business. And they would get upset at me for how I get suspended. Yeah, my yeah. rap sheet in Iran is like, ooh. <laughs> I got into a lot of legal issues and my parents coming from a family where it's looked down upon. I mean, if anybody's from Shiraz, they know that back in, let's say 20 years ago, Khalili was like a very bad place. Like anyone who was taken to Khalili was just a bad mm. person, girl or boy. They were just up to no good. Just, mm. oh, society. Oh, my dear people. Like it was such a bad thing. <laughs> and when my foot opened there, <laughs> in Farsi, we say, when I started to step into those places because I would get caught for wearing my school uniform the wrong way. And I was coming home from school and I was caught. My school uniform had issues, according to them, because I pushed my sleeves up like that. And they said, why is this much of your arm showing? So I just started speaking English to them and cussed them out, honestly, <laughs> very, very badly. I said, Arabic thing, I mean, deservingly so. These three ladies with their black cockroach chadors just came at me. And then this gentleman was behind them like their bodyguard. And they just like, man, we want to talk to you. And I just started speaking English. I couldn't give a damn. 
I just started speaking English and cussing at them and telling them to like unhand me, you peasants. Like I was being dramatic, but it was funny to me at the time. Not you, <laughs> not you, Elnaz. You being dramatic, stop it, stop that. Come on. And honestly, bows back then, I wore bows my whole life. I love bows. I would always have this like because you have to wear the wusari and you find other ways to like show your your fashion senses or your person unique it to your like style. So I would have these this black polka dot bow that I would wear in the front. And they told me I can't do that. And they're like, well, I was like, it's not, it's just the same as a Rusari. I just put a bow in the front part. Why do you care? You're bringing attention to yourself. Like, Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> you. Yeah. I always, I always, yeah, exactly. I always found the best way of dealing with, um, with them was, I remember I was in Esfahan a few years ago and Vonk Cathedral it's in the name. It's it's a, it's a Catholic cathedral. Um, and they like to go and camp out front because there are a lot of Christians will come by to go visit and they want to basically harass them for their clothing. And so we were down there and uh, and and they started. Right. They started with the, you know, uh, my my wife was with me. My daughter was with me. We had family with and they started pointing out all the issues with the hijab. There was a soldier there and they were it was getting a little bit uncomfortable. And so my go-to is always to kind of turn the attention back on them. And so I mm -hmm. kind of, I bring this really surprised look. I'm and I point down, <laughs> it's like behind her in the chador. And then she starts like, like a snake coiling in itself, just complete. And at that point, the, the soldier that's with her just looks at me and starts laughing. And then we just walk away as she's kind of trying to figure out what is showing from underneath her chador because she's completely yeah. losing her shit now. But um struggle like, we, it was hard yeah it, yeah it was too much and the plan exactly. wasn't to come back just to finish pledges on um, question it was uh, not to come back unfortunately i was getting too much and me i was getting so much of a rap sheet that my parents said i'm gonna end up dying in one of these prison cells one night so we that's why they make the try to make the statement that we moved there because of me and we moved back because of me so nice wow it's all about you isn't it yes. it's nice to yes. be the oldest <laughs> There you go. So we uh, we talked about, you know, we, we obviously talked about what's what's been going on in Iran. Um, and in this last, I don't think it's two weeks ago, we were overjoyed. A few days ago, we were completely crushed again. Um, and I know how this affected you the first time when when he was arrested. Too much. Too much. <laughs> what What's your take on this? What's your take on what happened? I know it was heartbreaking, but... Oh. I know, I know, Mo. Um, the first, I mean, anyone, any, any person we speak of is just this, this grief that takes over, that instantly turns into rage. That, I mean, I cannot mention any other names without instantly becoming mad at everything that's going on. Mad at myself. Mad at everyone back when they decided to bring this puppet of a person into power, mad at the previous generation, mad at the other nations who were involved, mad at everything and everyone. And it's so frustrating to just, it's so frustrating. You just have no words to bring out as you just want to punch a wall. That's like, that's how mad you get in this situation. As a person, I am free and I have freedom. And it feels like how I did when I was a little girl in Iran and I thought I was too young to understand things, but I would keep saying like, it's not supposed to be like this. I'm supposed to be able to threat my eyebrows or 
go see my friends or yeah. do this and that and the third, then there shouldn't be an issue. And it's the same thing where I have this freedom right now to do whatever, but my people are suffering to the most horrific degree. In the past few days, they just executed 24 people. 24 yeah. people in just a short few days. They just yeah. recaptured too much. And he took a while to uh, say a video, make a video statement and talking of his video alone. He couldn't even talk about the things they did to him. And one of the things that this beautiful man does say is, the reason I am existing is you guys. He said, people yeah. constantly call me a hero. People keep saying, oh, too much, you're a hero, you are a hero. And they're the ones who have saved, you're the ones, the people have saved me twice now. I am not a hero, you are. You've saved me twice now. This man's so humble, so, so, such a great personality in this person. And to be captured again, I mean, apparently there's this law, law in the Islamic government that says you cannot hold someone past a year. So my understanding is they wanted to wait for the one year tag to be out, let him out for a few days, and then start the clock again for another year to torture and abuse him until he cracks under that pressure again. Yeah. And so many people dare come out and say, people are as people, the humans in society say, oh, he must have ratted out or snitched or did this and that yeah. and the third. Like, what can he do? Who can he rat? He's a musician. None of his producers or musicians uh, as a co-workers have been caught. He didn't yeah. rap for the government. He didn't make them a, like a rap song. Like, what can he give to them? What did he have to give for people to come and try to disrespect him? That's just, that's the part that gets you on the other side where people do not see someone who is putting their whole, he's putting his whole life for so long. He's been captured so many times. I mean, yeah. so many people have, yeah. are putting his video from the last time he was captured and released out. And he's like, wait, guys, that's the video from last time I was caught. This is not the first rodeo, people. I've been doing this for as long as I could. This man is just so strong and so amazing. But the fact that he has to go through this again is just horrific. I yeah. I am just lost. The reason I went into politics and I switched my career is the first, I was so mad. I was like, how the hell can this happen in the world? Not just with too much, just with Iran. How do, um, and excuse my French in this podcast, I'm going to cuss a lot. How the fuck can yeah. Iran be in the UN? How the fuck can they be the chair of the Women's Council? How the fuck can they have the position they have now? Like, who does? That's the United Nations. That's the help people. I mean, they yeah. haven't solved the first thing they had on their docket, which is the issue going on in Palestine and Israel right now. That was their first issue they needed to fix. That was the first thing the yeah. UN that was given. That was their first thing. So, you know, there's too not much to expect from them, but still don't put dictators in positions of power. Don't put the place yeah. that's the most worst place on earth for women, the most mis misogynistic country, literally the rules are built on misogyny in a position for women's counseling. Who does that? So I that's know, why I decided I to get into politics to understand why the hell is it so fucked up? <laughs> and it is it is it is just and you're right it's absolutely fucked up and you sit there and you look at it and you go um is there any sanity is there any sort of and and there isn't right and there is no defense of it there is no reasoning behind it and 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 all it is 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 a bit of a crapshoot and a game and it's all politics and business and that leads us into the next thing that i wanted to talk about um which is the the only description I can give this man is that he's a Bond villain. Like he, by by any other um, measure, you know, he this guy should be a Bond villain in 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 the next uh, 007 movie. Elon Musk. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are up to up to speed on everything that 
has been going on. But a little while ago, he uh, he retweeted um, a tweet from a uh, white supremacist group. Uh, the tweet was suggesting that um, Jewish people are uh, attacking uh, the whites and trying to depict them as being, uh, you know, all anti-Semitic and, and this and that. And, and basically, Elon Musk retweets this um, and says something to the regard. I'm trying to look for the exact words of what he said. But he essentially, like <laughs> no, no, he retweeted this and said something like, you know, like truer words haven't been spoken or this is absolute truth or whatever. And very quickly, sponsors started or, or advertisers started dropping X, right? One of I the see. biggest ones was Apple, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Fully so. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, already we know that he's he's hemorrhaging. I think the, the interest payment alone, the interest payment alone on the loan that he took to buy X or Twitter and then rebranded as X, which is really idiotic, um, is a billion dollars a year, just the interest, right? And for him to lose advertisers was was huge. So then what happens is during the ceasefire, he's basically told, if you want to save your ass and repair what's going on, um, he gets told to come for a photo op to, uh, you know, to to uh, uh, basically to Gaza. Right. This is uh, to Palestine, to the settlements that, that are around uh, the Gaza Strip. And then you saw that really ridiculous walk through where, you know, he's like, they're like, look, this is evidence of the travesty because there's empty shells in the in the kids uh, thing. Okay, well, all right, well, we're not actually seeing anything, but and then he delivers this statement, which is pretty shocking, right? I'm not sure if you guys saw that the statement of basically justifying, you know, the bombing and the killing, and you just have to go in and kill and kill and kill until these people are stopped, right? He makes a statement like that. Then he's invited to go to visit Gaza, which he responds with, I've heard it's kind of dangerous down there, so I don't think I'll be coming. So making this really snide kind of imbecilic remark, you know, about people being murdered. And then a day later, he goes on to, he's in an interview where he's essentially saying, if anyone is going to try to control me with money and the money of advertisers, fuck them. I'm not going to. I'm not going to kowtow to them. I'm not going to do whatever. So he he kind of went through this. He went from being, you know, promoting neo-Nazi tweets on X to going and being a uh, propaganda tool for Israel to then going and saying, you people can't control me. But what he did do, and this is what I want to hear from you guys about, he did decide that Starlink will no longer support Gaza. In other words, Anyone who has Starlink devices and they're trying to get onto the internet using satellite, they are now no longer going to get a signal because he's given control of that over to the IDF and they now can, uh, you know, control that like they do the rest of the telecom the telecommunication. So, sorry, that was long winded, but I wanted to kind of give a bit of a setup and I'd love to kind of get your, get your viewpoint on this. Both of you. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Anas. Pej, go ahead, talk. It's fine. Hi. <laughs> no, no. Let's start with our guest first, but then I want yeah. Pej to, to come in as well. Yeah. I, I don't want to suck all the air out of the room. 
<laughs> so I do want to start off by saying by no means do I have even the closest idea on a solution for what's going on in Israel and Palestine. My, my We call it Palestine. That's why you'll hear a lot of because the Palestine is the natural way for me to say it. My heart goes out to the people of both places who are being hurt and are being, those are the actual people who are in this situation being killed and bodies that are being used to play these games of governments and different agendas and these people of privilege who use their power to put these, they don't think of the lives that are being killed. These are families, these are like, they're not numbers. There's not just this many million people died, this many thousand people shot. These are humans. These are mothers and fathers and kids and girls and boys and just individuals that nobody seems to care about on either side that are dying. And my heart goes out to every single one who's being hurt by this situation. The thing I do want to talk about is how taking, just coming from where I come from in Iran and seeing what the, taking away the tools of communication internationally, globally, when you when the Iran shuts down the internet, they commit the most horrific mass murders possible. We've seen this in history where they shut yeah. down the internet and they decided to kill by the thousands and dump bodies in the river that now that the rivers are drying up because of their lack of resource, they don't know how to control or like uh, uh, manage our resources. The water's drying up. So we're seeing all these bodies pop up at the government. Did. Yay, look at that. Yeah. So many of my people, yeah. <laughs> their bodies yeah. are on unmarked graves. And the fact that somebody from their place of privilege has the ability to just go ahead and promote this and do that and their decisions can have such horrific consequences yeah. it's just this rich boy playing his games with people's lives he is playing a video game in the middle east so many yeah. of these governments and these government leaders are just playing their little call of duty video games i try to make it make yeah. sense in my head because they don't care about the people those are just to them they're just computer stimulations or whatever they're just what are they called in, yeah. the, in the games they're yeah, like the, yeah npcs the non-player the characters yeah, to them, yeah. the npcs they don't care about human lives none of them care about human lives or else these things would not have taken this long everybody who is in a position of power that's been involved in this situation has only cared about their bottom dollar just like our lovely um bond villain mr must yeah. <laughs> he is just, just not care like because when you shut down when you take away means of communication from people who are going through something so horrific they have to show the world what's going on and that's going to cause such ho horrible consequences for these people yet at, dare i say and i'm sorry to even bring this up but it's going to cost so many lives why would you do that why would you put your position yourself in a position where it doesn't benefit you one way or the other doesn't matter to him if Starlink is there or not. He's just doing it to play his mind games or his ego was bruised or whatever. You have the means of helping people. Or he needs the he advertisers needs back, advice. right? Or he needs the advertisers back and it was it was leverage. Yeah. Right? That's just stupid. You care about advertisement or responsibility of your word and actions. You said something, me as a company, do not want to support what you say. Be a big boy and handle it. Go get your advertisement from the Nazis or something like that. I'm not promoting yeah. Nazis or anything like that, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. if you don't don't say that or stay behind what you said, don't try to play a oh, so now that I lost the game, I'm not gonna play anymore. Situation. It's just childish play from place place of privilege, yeah. and that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> you. Uh, very well put. I 
Um, Mo and I have discussed this in the past. This is a rich man's war. It's not, it's not a, I mean, it's not a war, but it's a, it's, it's a rich man's game as, as you called it. Um, and lives are lives are, they're just, they're just pawns, but, but kids, babies, they, they don't, it doesn't matter to them. Um, I think <clears throat> Elon Musk is just the latest example of, uh, the corruption that has um, been controlling or trying to control society for years. Now we're just seeing it. And to, to tie this to what we were discussing earlier about Iran um, and, and the revolution and, and everything going on there. And um, not, none of us knew when this revolution is going to end, right? We didn't know. We, we just knew that it started. It's, it's the biggest one since the 79 revolution. And it, it, took the whole country by storm, the, the world by storm. Uh, it, it influenced uh, Afghanistan to get into their own revolution, temporarily at least, um, to start demanding rights for their women over there, which was great. Um, and I always keep getting to this point. It's like, okay, are we trying to just save Iran? Or is this bigger than Iran? This is, this is, a, this is an issue that is uh in the midst of us fighting for freedom for our people in iran i think what's ended up what's ha what's happening now over a year later is this uh all of these all of these uh corrupt people elon um obviously netanyahu uh and then uh islamic republic's tentacles in hamas in in hezbollah and then you got uh, you got what's going on in um, even Ukraine and, and, and Putin and him getting funded by Islamic Republic. It's like we're realizing that this is bigger than what we thought it was, not in a negative way, but in a positive way. Like we're actually this is meant to be bringing down all corruption. Uh, Joseph Burrell uh, of, uh, of the UN or uh, the European Parliament, you know, it's uh, it's it's like you're seeing all of these snakes that have been in power and just hiding in the shadows and making money uh, from this Islamic Republic. Um, so Elon Musk to me is, yes, it's a, te it's a temporary blow to, to the people and the, and, the, and the children that are getting killed, unfortunately. Um, but I think the solution has got to be simple. It, and it's got to be, we all have to, like there's no more talks of, that's uh that side of the border it's not concerning me i think that idea is dying that idea yeah. of uh my country my problems your country your problems is no longer uh valid people are are not okay with that conclusion and i think it's becoming more and more the idea of borders were made up at some point and and the people are people you just you didn't choose to be born on that side and i didn't choose to be born on this side and, and, and at the end of the day, if we want us to survive, we have to storm the streets and do what Iran did too and Afghanistan's doing and, and go hand in hand. It's happening in Ukraine and Russia. There's Russian soldiers holding hands with Ukrainians. They're Ukrainians and saying, this is not the truth. This is not what we want. We want peace. It's starting to happen in, in all these little sparks all over the world. And I think the sparks are eventually get connect, are going to get connected and it's going to become... A masses of people just uh, 
walking the streets and in peace and and protesting and and when that happens is when we're going to see what we want to see and that is all of these all of these i'm going to say pussies they're going to fucking pack their shit and go in the same rivers that they threw the innocent bodies in you know what i mean so although i would call them testicles personally because uh, testicles are, are far weaker and, and more sensitive. Fair, I fair. I was yeah. referring to a feline, but you... Oh, okay. Yeah. Pussycats is yeah, what you meant. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Let's clarify. That's good. right. Yeah. Good, perfect. As you mentioned Whatever. a good point, um, I do want to go back to this point that Bej uh, mentioned about the connectivity of the people and people trying to connect together. Well, we can look at how the these dictators or actually we have proof that they're connected. I mean, that yeah. evil bastard that's in power right now, and I don't even want to bring his name in Iran, our supreme leader, he um, he was, there is actual proof, and um, there's this lovely video by Shaheen Najafi that he breaks it down completely with as much evidence as possible. Him and Putin went to the same spy school in, in Russia. And I mean, the guy before him, I get it. He was evil, but he had his own reason why he believed it. He was coming here because he would do whatever. But this is a, he is a spy. Like, people do not understand this, that he went, there is evidence of him going to that school, being bred there and being fed there and working. That's why he support, why would he support Russia like this? Why would he care? Dictators, other than this one instance, because I'm involved in Iran, I know about this. But I know all dictators either ran off of each other's hands or are best friends because who else is going to support them but another dictator? All these people need to stay in power. But I implore everybody to go watch Shahin Najafi's video about how he was a long video. So many examples and so much evidence that proves he went to school in Russia and he is a Russian spy in power right now. And it's just it was a mind blowing. It just opened up so many things for me. And I did win it. I'm not one to believe what people say pretty much because of, you know, the country we grew up in. You shouldn't believe what anybody says. I went and that was just a thread that I started pulling at and did my own research and did verify, in fact, everything that he said the way I could. So it's just it makes sense. Like, yes, they're all together, working together, trying to keep people down. How else would they do it? So if us as people unite against them, that's that's all we have is to unite and hold hands and come to the streets. That's the only thing we can do. Yeah. Yeah. Just wash your hands and before you hold mine. Yeah. I'm very I'm a germaphobe. So I'm sorry? Oh, everyone holding hands. Is that what that was? <laughs> um so here's here's the thing. I always this is the, the I want to know what you guys think, because I don't see it as there being these different sides, right? I see it as there, there's a single side. There's there's the interest of corporations and the wealthy, and then there's the people. There There is this, this false narrative of you've got, you know, the Russian bloc, or you've got, you know, Western Europe, or you have North America, the East, the South, whatever. I find it all to be a little bit bullshit. And, and, and I think that it's all really just set up and orchestrated to keep us busy so that, you know, the corporations and, and the governments can continue stealing and, and doing what they do best. And this kind of leads into, I guess, the, you know, what, the other thing I wanted to talk about today, which I call, you know, uh, Henry Kissinger, we won't be missing you. Um, Henry Kissinger, um, you know, for, for, for those that, are listening and, 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 you know, a, um, 
politicians, statesmen, not really a politician, because I don't think he was ever elected to office. It was really just, um, you know, he was secretary of state and he was, you know, uh, had a lot of very dubious positions all through the years, like with very odd and kind of catered names to him. But everything from really Cambodia to Chile, this man had his fingers in the pie of destroying these countries, mass genocide. Um, you know, just one example to kind of let you guys, like one of the things that always struck me was um, back in, I think it was 69. Yeah, 69. In the height of the Vietnam War, he and Nixon decide that it's a good idea for them to bomb Cambodia to, to weaken the Khmer Rouge. Without Congress approval, without Congress's knowledge, they secretly decide to drop 540,000 tons of bombs on Cambodia, causing one of the greatest um, humanitarian crises, right, that, that we've had uh, in that century. And that's just one example. Right? You take a look at the Vietnam. Basically, every single Republican president since Nixon, um, he's been in their government and has been pulling the strings with all the wars. And I kind of see his death, you know, it's it's kind of like a bit of a ding dong, the witch is dead kind of moment in Wizard of Oz. When he died on Wednesday at the age of 100, it was quite symbolic for me of this end of that reign of, you know, hyper capitalist military industrial complex fascism kind of growing this in the world and 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 that war mongering um and i saw it as something quite auspicious i was actually quite uh hopeful kind of going well if kissinger's dead maybe this is the beginning of something new um any gotta, yeah gotta any make thoughts sure, anything yeah gotta make sure he didn't train his the next generation to do yeah. the same that's that's yeah. the first thing it's like how we worry about the supreme leader in iran like his son would take over Right. So it's like we got to and apparently his son is more brutal than him. So, um, you know, we got to we have to make sure those guys are also put away before, you know, before this change happens. But yes, uh, good riddance. Right. To to Kissinger. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Anlazim. Well, no, you said something very interesting. At the age of 100, a man who probably committed the um, numerous, like countless amount. We don't even know how much. It is so yeah. much that we cannot put a number on it. Amounts yeah. of death and ruined countless amount of people's lives. Dies comfortably at the age of 100. And that is something that should be brought up, that these, these people play their games and they do it safely behind whatever they try to build for them. Because in Iran right now, if the government falls, they're just going to run to another dictator's land and get refugee there and be protected and live off the money they've stolen for years. They're not yeah. going to be brought to justice. It's just yeah. this this game that they have for themselves. They've already created the, their way out. They are going to be protected and they're going to have their, like, good writers. I don't give a, like, I would rather watch them be tortured over and over and over again, just like, peel a piece of skin a day at a time and just like oh, so yeah. Mussolini <laughs> treatment you want them to get My that goodness. Mussolini treatment I mean Elmo's is all I'm death of a thousand lenient. cuts here My God, yeah. Yeah. I'm being lenient you know I'm, I'm trying to be <laughs> civilized at least but the, the, the things they've caused the, the lives they've they, yeah. nothing could bring back the pain and I I honestly 
good riddance is not even a good word for it, but it is, I, I hope for it to be a symbolic moment in history, just like you said, of a click where, okay, this has happened and it was with the leaving of these evil, corrupt people that things change in the right direction because we need these change. Maybe his death could be a reason where people talk about the tragedies he committed and it could be brought up more and more and more because you cannot forget about things that people have done. I mean, they're not going to teach this in American history of what who Kissinger was and what he really did. If they teach about him, they're going to glorify him and put like a statue up for him where we're going to have to go protest to have it taken down for 10 years. I lived in Richmond, Virginia. I was at every single one of those rallies where I would try to bring out statues from the South of all the generals that they put up. And it's just so sad that these people just die comfortably. That is just such a, such a big kick, you know? And at the same time, let it be gone. Let it be done. Let us move forward and let us not forget. I don't want these people's names to just be erased from history because it just, it's going to repeat itself. Once that position of, power is emptied someone else like Pej said is going to go and sit in that seat we need to remove the seat we need to put positions in power where you cannot just go and bomb countries without the knowledge of the rest of the government because they're doing that on the behalf of American people like no American person left or right would agree to that nobody and I don't care what part of the spectrum they stay on actual people not those extremists who are just yelling at the rallies actual american people on both sides because like i didn't know that to be honest i living in west virginia a blue state right now as many people as i talk to they just say their affiliation because of what they've been raised on they don't really believe with any of those ideologies and they all just care about human lives like i tell them about my position in iran and what happened to my people they actually care and these Mm -hmm. are people from a very blue state i mean we are historically blue always been blue so it's people who care and the people actually do care. And that's something that was brought to me as a surprise. Wow, these people really do care about these things. It's just the lack of knowledge, of course, American education system where they do not teach you the truth about what's actually going on. And of course, now we have the whole um, theory on um, what is it called? The race theory. Race the, theory. Yeah. Critical race theory um, with the books and the banning and all that. Wink, wink. The Nazis did that when they wanted to start their thing. Every um, there's this quote that says, "Say dictators always start with the poet, with the artists, and the um teachers because like with schools they don't want you to get educated, and with artists because they don't want you to feel like they don't want a song to make you feel motivated to do something." And we see that, of course, mm-hmm. in our lovely country, Iran. And yeah. I know spiraling into a lot of different circles, no, no, but yeah, no, no, good no, no, riddance. Yeah. Let them be gone, and also. Yeah not to stop talking about the things they did. People need to know of the, it is okay to say we've had bad history, but we are actively trying to fix it and correct it and write and move in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think ignorance is comfortable and that's why we don't uh, know a lot of these things, but what we do all know, what we do all feel is uh, pain when we see a child get killed or when we hear yeah. that a child was tortured. And I think that's, it's really in the simplicity of this whole thing. It's not, it doesn't need to be complicated. We don't need to read a hundred books to, to then be ready to, to fight for human rights. Human rights is easy. It's everyone deserves basic human rights and that's it. And we, and if it's not that, get that person the fuck out of here. Like whoever yeah. is, and, and, and we just have to think about that. And by the way, let's not excuse America 
out of this, right? This is uh, the American government is not, uh, you know, Kissinger is, is just, he, yeah, he was evil man, but the government has been operating under the, uh, the getting funded and, and, and making money off of these uh, tragedies in the Middle East um, and other places. Mm -hmm. And, and and as soon as war breaks out somewhere, who's the first person to go fund one of the sides? It's and he's really funding both sides, but it's a uh, in this case Biden I'm talking about. And I'm and I voted for Biden for the record. I'm not sitting here bashing Democrats. I'm saying Biden specifically Biden. He's fucked up a lot more. He should have been president if he wanted to be president 40 years ago, not right now when he's barely awake. All right, that's my uh Yeah, but he was but he was a fascist his entire life. Like if you'd look back at his speeches even from the seventies and eighties, the guy is just disgusting. But um yeah. Uh this has been uh episode seven um of TBA podcast. And uh we were honored to have Enlaz on. Uh make sure you follow us, subscribe to our channel. Seven. Yes, there you go. Lucky seven. That's the uh, seven in Iran, you guys. That's episode seven. It's actually my lucky number, but Aye. That's seven and Farsi. So there yeah. you go. Peace. Peace and happiness, right? Peace and Absolutely. peace and happiness and seven. <laughs> but uh, much love to all of you. Um, I I think we gotta share more love. Um, is it's the only way to to um, begin this uh, journey to solution and and peace. Man, Emlas was great. Great guest. Right? Good job. Good job. You, you did something well for once. Uh, <laughs> also, um, stop sending me these fucking videos that wants to bolden your take on everything that's happening. All right. You are never hey, going to convince me. I'm never going to convince you. I, all right. That's fine. You are a very stubborn individual. But how else am I supposed to get my point across if I'm not doing it with other people's creativity? That's that's my question. Um, your creativity could possibly like could be this. a choice. Yeah. Also, All right. like, it's okay. It's okay. I get it. I get where you're coming from. I understand it. I just don't think that it needs to be. Uh, it's. I guess it's in the. It's in how we discuss it, right? It's in how we discuss our differences. This yes. is not a secret. You and I have our disagreements. But my point is, I'm right. But also, my point is, <laughs> and my other, my other point is that uh, except, except, no, you're you're usually right. Except I'm usually objectively. Right. Right. Like that's the thing with mm. by your perspective, with your point of view, I could see how you could be mistaken in believing that you're correct. But mm. objectively, I just want you to join me on, on the side of on the, uh, on the side of uh, what's correct. But but in all seriousness, I, I want to say this. I love the fact that you and I can have such absolutely diverse, different views on things and on topics that. I think a lot of people are are quite divisive, right? Mm -hmm. Except we're able to have, for the most part, right? At least at least from my end, intelligent conversations with each other, mm -hmm. and 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 disagree um, and challenge each other. And at the end of the day, we're still brothers. We may not agree, right, on mm -hmm. on you know much of it. But at the end of the day, we respect each other's right to have that opinion. Mm -hmm. And we respect each other um, enough to be able to have those conversations. And I think that's what we may be missing a lot um, right. in that dialogue that we're seeing in social media with, with a lot of the people that we know even. Right. That's that's I mean, yeah, that's fair. And it's sad. That's what's happening on social media. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's become look at one 
one thing about a person and paint their entire life with it, you know, and that mm -hmm. that is becoming a very sad narrative that's repeating. Um, also, it's funny that you think we're brothers. Um, also, it's uh, <clears throat> it's okay though. Like I know you don't have a brother, so you want yeah. me to be your brother. I also don't you have, have a brother. brother. Yeah, I, I thought you didn't have a brother, brother either. But I told my parents to stop. Like you know, I was like, don't make more. There's a oh, risk. Geez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. We're very so open. You're... We're very open. Yeah, yeah. And so since then, you know, my parents sleep in separate rooms. But um, but yeah. You... Cock blocking yeah. your parents. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Until I moved to LA, he moved me himself. So my dad is like, you uh, stop getting Enough married and get divorced. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get out of my house. Anyway, but yeah, I think, um, I think that you, uh, we have the, we have the information that we have on whatever topic. Um, and it's no secret, you know, where our interests lie. And, the bottom line, I think, is what's the what's the bottom line? We we both want the same thing at the end of the day. We both want peace. We won't want the yes. genocide to end. We both want Iran to be free. We both want, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just naming a couple of things that have come up on this show. Um, and I think that is the bottom line. Right. And yes. like in that video that you sent. Yes, that's I agreed with that. It needs to be that is the main purpose and we can't get yeah. distracted by the routes because exactly. the routes the routes can be a million different ways um and we need to stop judging the routes and instead say what's the purpose no one is I, here's what i think i think a lot of the people on social media that are activists including yourself and myself we are not it, there's a there's an unsaid it's not really being said but a lot of uh it's being um inferred or implied that this social media activist or human right activist uh is not a good person or this human yeah. rights activist is not a good person that is a false narrative for most of the people that are fighting for a free iran when the revolution started for example no, the Iranians were so we were so united at, at the top at the top. Everyone was saying the same thing. Hell yeah. The women are changing Iran and, and now their supporters are following them. The Gen Z's. Everybody was on that same page. I think what ended up what ended up happening. Because no one knew how long this would last. Images started to come out. Uh, innocent uh, protesters are getting executed in Iran. Um, and then add the the crisis in in Palestine and Gaza, and it's like all of this turmoil and trauma I feel has tested the patience of a lot of us, and it's and yeah. it's tested the patience. Uh, and and also it's not normal to see kids getting killed. It's not a normal thing. You know? Yeah, the and traumas are there. The traumas are there, brother. Absolutely, I agree with you. And that's and that is that's affected me. It's affected you. It's affected all of us. Yeah. The only thing that I think we can't look past, though, are the objective truths, right? There are certain truths. Children shouldn't be bombed. Um, yeah, you know, massive amounts of civilians shouldn't be murdered. <clears throat> People shouldn't be living under oppression, right? Anywhere in the world, if we're talking about 
you know, any any country in the world, or if you're talking about Congo, if you're talking about Ukraine, Iran, Syria, Palestine, Syria, it doesn't matter. Yeah. People that are oppressed need to be helped and we need to be their voices. It's really when that comes under question that it becomes a little bit difficult to swallow, that people are actually denying those objective truths mm -hmm. or trying to justify them. And I think that's really the only indefensible position. Beyond that, everyone has a journey. Everyone has a journey. Everyone has their own paradigms that they need to be working within and, and what they've been taught and what they've seen their entire lives. And the more we understand that, the more of a productive conversation we can have. And that's when we actually get to a solution. Right. As opposed to sitting here and just bumping heads. Someone calls somebody else a regime. Someone else calls someone a Mujahideen. Someone calls someone a, a Pahlavist. Someone calls yeah. someone else a monarch. What, what is that going to what is that going to accomplish other than giving the oppressors exactly what it is that they want? But I'm happy that you and I are able to, um, at the very least, have these pretty intense conversations. And at the end of the day, um, kind of wrap it up with love, even though. You're yeah. never gonna accept me as your brother, but that's okay. Yeah, that's I mean, okay. sister maybe. Um, but you know, that's cool. Yeah. I could go with that. Yeah. yeah, I already have an older sister. Maybe make them too. You know. There you go. Um, right on. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> right. right though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, it's all it's all got to be rooted in love because that is exactly the weapon, uh, you know, of mass unity that that is going to cause the, these corruptions to end. And these yeah. because, because they bank on you hating your neighbor and 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 when we, we were like ah i'm not interested i love my neighbor i love this person this person is uh maybe their views are different from mine doesn't matter he's a human being he has the right she has the right i love them regardless yeah and and that is the point so um let's hopefully you know if we can imp inspire two people to be like okay yeah we, let's approach it with love and I'm yeah. not saying they weren't trying to, but it's easy to get affected from all the trauma to be like, well, fuck you. Right. It's easy to say that it's easy. So to I'm going to, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to end this with a quote from one of my favorite revolutionaries, um, Che Guevara. And, and I think it summarizes uh, something that you just said right now, fairly well too, when he says the true revolutionary is guided by great feelings of love. And I think that's true. Right. It's the love that you have for humanity that gets you so riled up that you want change. It's that love for your fellow man and, and, and your fellow human being that makes you want to become that revolutionary. So let's not forget that. Right. Absolutely. Let's keep that in mind um, as Absolutely. we move forward. But and a more another... made and a, and a, and a last because I have to end up. So not you. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Because yeah. <laughs> you started this episode. So I, have I to apologize. It. It's right. only fair. It's only fair. It um, it's all about being fair, this whole thing. Um, <laughs> I also have a quote um, that's going to trump your quote. Right. <laughs> it's like, Better not be a Trump quote, but yeah, go ahead. It's yeah. not a Trump quote. No, right. it's not. It's not huge. It's not huge. Um, yeah. No, it's it's uh, everyone knows this one. Um, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And we just got to remember that uh, yeah. combined with the quote that you said and, and putting those two, two things together. Approach everything with love. I love you, my man. You're a, you're a cool dude. You are my brother, all jokes aside. And, um, you know, uh, let's change the world, man. Let's change the world for the better. Absolutely. Episode seven in the books. Thank you all. Follow Mo. Follow RetailTherapy.Clinic. Retail.Therapy.Clinic. Uh, follow me, Pejdomaniac. Uh, follow TBA Podcast, official TBA Podcast on Instagram. And, of course, follow Emnaz. Uh, do we have her handle? 
Uh, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it was put up earlier and we uh, we'll put it up again. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. it. All right. Much love to everyone and uh, peace, love and harmony. <laughs>